Welcome back to the Ameritics with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. I'm thrilled to have in studio with me today Dwight Eckert. We're going to have a a conversation about EMPs. So, Dwight, welcome. Thank you. It's great to have you here. It's good to be here. So, EMPs, what does that stand for? Uh, Electromagnetic pulse. Okay, and why should I be concerned? Well, the electromagnetic pulse can be either uh, man-made or natural. Uh, the, uh, uh, what we're concerned about is we're concerned about the electric grid. Back during the Cold War, part of the mutual assured destruction uh, strategy was to start out with a, an EMP-type weapon, which is a high-altitude electromagnetic pulse uh, nuclear weapon detonated outside the Earth's atmosphere. It would create an electric charge that's picked up by the uh, electric grid and can take out high-voltage transformers and trans- uh, the, uh, uh, some of the uh, generation facilities uh, of the electric grid. And it causes uh, long-term outages. These high-voltage transformers are uh, built like one at a time, handmade, they uh, take six to eight months or better to, uh, to build them. And there are only a handful of facilities within the United States that even do that. Most of them are overseas. Well, Dwight Eckert, you know what you're talking about because you are on the task force for the EMP uh, task force on uh, national and homeland security. So this is something that you think is, you know, you have, you're concerned about it. Yes, I am. Uh, we're also concerned about other attacks on the on the electric grid. We've become so dependent upon electricity in this nation that if the electricity were to go out for a long period of time, we would be lost, and it'd be a whole lot more, a whole lot worse than just losing your Facebook account. It would be, you know, long term without refrigeration, without water, uh, without medical supplies. Uh, the EMP Commission in two thousand eight said that if we were to have a long-term outage that could be caused by electromagnetic pulse, uh, it could last for a year or more. People would die. Nine out of ten people would die within the first year, according to the commission. This was a congressional commission that was set up to report on the effects. Why why hasn't that hard-working person out there taking care of their families, going to their jobs. Why haven't they heard about this? Well, we've known about it for decades, ever since we started using nuclear weapons. Uh, In fact, even before that, the natural occurrence in 1859, notice I said 1859, Mm -hmm. uh, we had the Carrington event, which was a coronal mass ejection caused by three... um, three uh, sunspots that came together at one time, and a gentleman named Carrington was observing this from England. Over the next few days, he noticed that there were a lot of strange things going on around the world. Uh, The new technology of the time was being taken out. Uh, Telegraph offices all around the world were being uh, taken out. They were catching fire. Some telegraph operators found they could actually send messages with no battery connected because of the charge that was on the lines. The um, uh, Aurora Borealis was seen in uh, Havana, Cuba. Um, 
Carrington put all this together, and he says, oh, this is all due to the sun. The sun did this to us. And it took some time after that to actually put it all together in a scientific event. But what happened was the coronal mass ejection came off when those sunspots collided. And that re- reacted with the Earth's magnetic field. Charged particles and a, and a magnetic field hit the Earth and hit the Earth's magnetic field. And back in the early 1800s, the scientists of the day, guys like uh, Faraday and Maxwell, had determined that uh, an electric current is caused by a changing magnetic field. And that's what's going on. A magnetic field is cha- of the Earth is changing, and it causes an electric current, and the electric current returns back through our, our uh, transmission lines and that sort of thing here on the Earth, like these long transmission lines that run all up and down the Front Range here from uh, Wyoming down to New Mexico. Well, Dwight Eckert, it seems that politicians and bureaucrats are working to make us more and more dependent on electricity. And an uh, electromagnetic pulse, uh, I mean, life would stop for most of us, at least here in America. Yes? Uh, Yes, that's true, uh, given the current designs that are being used. Now, we know we can design around this. We can fix this problem. It's not unfixable. Uh, The problem is that for decades, the whole idea of an electromagnetic pulse from a nuclear device was held as classified. And so in 2008, the Congressional Committee uh, released the documents as unclassified, talking about EMP, so now we can talk about it. I first learned about this back in the 80s when I was working on weapon systems. But I couldn't talk about it because uh, the... uh, uh, because it was all classified. Now, if you think about it, back in the Cold War, Russia and the United States were in a Cold War, and the idea was mutually assured destruction. Well, if you, you know, why don't you explain that to our younger listeners, because they may <laughs> not know know that. So, mutually assured destruction was: we were convinced that if Russia attacked us, we could attack them. And we destroyed both the United States and all the Soviet Union. The, um, uh, so the Allies would attack uh, the Soviet Union, the Soviet Union would attack the Allies, and we'd both destroy each other. So what would happen is we'd start out with an EMP weapon and try to take out as much of the infrastructure as we could and follow that by bombing all the cities and all the military installations. Well, if you're going to bomb all the cities and all the military installations anyway, uh, who cares about the infrastructure at that point? It's, it's gone anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, the threat is different today. Mut- and, and, and the idea was is because we could each destroy each other that we right. aren't going to destroy each, each right. other. Right. That, that strategy only works when you have a sane person with Good their point. finger on the button Good on point. the other end. Good point. Uh, if, if they don't care... Or if, if they're crazy enough, they don't care. Or if they just don't care about their people. Does North Korea come to mind? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And so North Korea has actually claimed that they want to do that. In fact, their strategy uh, is to try to destroy the West. And they've threatened to do it. And the, their strategy is to hit us with probably a cyber attack, some physical attacks, such as what happened at Metcalf Center in the San Francisco area, 
Now, what's that? Explain that. Uh, that's where some terrorists broke into the Metcalf uh, station south of uh, uh, Silicon Valley, and they came just shy of taking the station out. It would have blacked out the whole San Francisco Bay Area and the... Um, the station. So this is like an electric... Uh, an electric substation. Okay, got it. A large one. Okay. Uh, and it would have taken out Silicon Valley at... Uh, it would have when, cost when the, billions of dollars. That, that was early 2000s, I believe. Okay. And why weren't they successful? Uh, we believe that it was just a test of response. They didn't want to take it out. Oh. They were testing our response, and our response wasn't that great. Okay. In fact, after that, uh, the uh, uh, utility providers there actually hardened their systems by putting in more guards, armed guards, more surveillance equipment, and that sort of thing. Uh, more detection of uh, breaking and entry. Um, and not so many years ago, there was a second attack. And that uh, was to test the, the uh, response. And the armed guards got tired of hearing the alarms and turned them off. Uh, so the response wasn't that great. And this was on the second try. And is this the same place? Yes, same place. Okay. Um, well, you know, I think a lot of the politicians in uh, San Francisco have been in the dark anyway. So, you know, <laughs> <laughs> no, so it wasn't that great. You know, and that's going to bring up a conversation that we're going to want to have. And there is, you know, why, you, why are we not toughening up this grid? And because I, my understanding is, is we could actually do it for less than what they've spent for that bullet train out there in California. <laughs> well, certainly for uh, we could do an awful lot for what we give to foreign nations that have... Uh, that want to hurt us. That want to hurt us and have told us they want to hurt us. Uh, so, you know, we could redirect a lot of that money and fix the problem. And we wouldn't have to fix the entire grid. You need to fix key portions of it. So, for example, what you just mentioned regarding this Metcalf uh, substation, which provides power for the, the Bay Area. So it would be probably hardening those kinds of substations would be the first thing to do, right? That's correct. Uh, there are something like uh, 30 critical uh, substations, uh, and nine of those are what they call supercritical um, that uh, that list is obviously classified for good reason. Uh, I wouldn't want to tell you even if I knew. Because People I could want... probably figure it out, yeah. though, can't they? It's, it's fairly easy. If you look at a map of the grid, uh, you, can, you can find it. In fact, there are maps out there today where you can go in. Uh, I mean, I was surprised when I found this, surprised from a good side to say, oh, I can actually take a look and see where substations are. I can get the GPS coordinates of that substation off of Google Maps. Um, and then you're like, and wait then a I'm minute. like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, so can I can get guy. <laughs> GPS coordinates for that substation off Google Maps. It's, it's frightening. It is truly frightening. And uh, it seems like there hasn't been the political will to do something about this. It's, it's not... You know, it's not sexy, it's, but, but it's important. But it seems like there hasn't been the political will to do that. Uh, that's been the case. Uh, during, I'll, I'll give this to the Obama administration. They did recognize the natural threat. And they, were, they put out executive orders talking about 
global magnetic disturbances and trying to uh, protect the well, U.S. against that sort of thing. Okay. Recently, it was in March of this year, uh, President Trump put out an executive order talking about EMP and giving it the same level as cybersecurity and threats against uh, the U.S. Uh, electric grid and critical infrastructures. Okay. You know what, Dwight Eckert? Uh, you are on the EMP Task Force on National Security or National and Homeland Security. Let's go to break. When we come back, um, we'll delve more into this whole risk that we have with uh, EMPs. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Ameritix with Kim Munson, where we dissect issues as right versus wrong instead of right versus left. Agree or disagree, let's have a conversation. You know, we bring really important subjects to you, things that you may not be thinking about, but they really, uh, you may take them for granted, and if something happened, it would not be good. In studio with me is Dwight Eckert. He is the uh, director for the state of Colorado on the EMP Task Force on National and Homeland Security. Dwight, it is great to have you here in studio. Uh, Thank you. Now, EMPs, we were talking about it in the previous segment, and that is electromagnetic pulse, right? That's correct. And it, in essence, uh, could happen naturally. You mentioned the sunspots, or somebody could try to take it out. Uh, have we had any vulnerabilities here in, uh, in America on our electric grid? Yes. In 1962, the U.S. was testing in the South Pacific over Johnson Atoll, which is about 900 miles uh, away from Honolulu, Hawaii. Okay. Uh, they detonated a small nuclear device at about 400 kilometers above the earth, and they actually turned out streetlights in Honolulu. That's 1962 technology. Wow. Uh, That was much harder, much more analog and much harder than the systems are today. We didn't have the smart grid back then. We didn't have things that depended upon the electricity to keep those lights on. Uh, So it, it... it was much harder than it is today. Um, in uh, 2013, uh, a ship that was, I think, sub-registered, or it was actually um, tied to North Korea, was caught in the Panama Canal uh, with two uh, medium-range missiles on it. Uh, didn't have any nuclear weapons, but... They didn't have warheads, but they had the missiles and the launch vehicles on a container ship going through the Panama Canal. We found these underneath tons of sugar. We were looking for uh, drugs, and we found missiles in their launchers. The sad thing is, uh, the really sad thing is, they had spent the previous two weeks sailing around the Gulf of Mexico, where they could have launched those vehicles up over the continental United States. So you're saying, okay, so those missiles could possibly have, what, a nuclear device on it. They'd send it up into the atmosphere, and above the atmosphere it would detonate, and then that would create this pulse, which would knock out the electric grid in the United States. Right. A single device at 400 kilometers above Omaha could take out the electric grid for the 48 contiguous states, uh, Canada, and most of Mexico. Uh, one single device. If you're smart about it, you'd probably do it with three devices. 
and and do it over the three separate grids. We have the western grid, the eastern grid, and the Texas grid. Uh, but the uh, but one device is sufficient. Now there are solutions to this, though, right, Dwight? And that's probably why you guys put together this task force. Yes. Okay. We've hardened military sites for for decades. Uh, right down here in the springs, uh, there are facilities that are hardened to nuclear attack. Um, that includes EMP. Uh, we know how to do it. We've known how to do it for decades, but we're not doing it, and we haven't done it because. Our strategy was mutual assured destruction, as we talked about earlier. Well, that strategy doesn't work anymore. That only works uh, if, if the people on the other end care about it. And, and, so, and care about their people. And you, you can see that with, with uh, over in North Korea, that, that they don't care about everyday people. So, so, yeah, that doesn't work. So how about protecting ourselves? That might be a good idea. That is a good idea. And uh, you don't have to protect everything. If you take enough of the threat away, uh, then it's not worth it uh, for the adversary to attack you in that manner. So what you do, what you want to do is you want to attack the uh, attack. I say attack. You want to fix the really, really critical parts first. And if you can protect those so that it wouldn't take years to... Uh, recover from a blackout, then you take the threat away. It, it doesn't do as much good. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's what we need to do. Well, what can be done? What do you when you say harden the grid? What could be done? Well, one thing is there there are things you can do to the transformers to keep them from being affected by the uh, by the electrical event, uh, such as uh, neutral ground blockers. Oh, I was going to say that. <laughs> and, and so, uh, you know, it depends a lot upon the particular design of the particular transformer and a substation. Uh, the design might be different, but there are ways. I, and I just want to make that point, that you need to look at that individually and, and, and decide what the best approach is. One of the things I would advocate for is as we're doing things to the grid, such as modernizing it, such as putting in uh, smart meters. Uh, think about this threat and try to build it in up front. As an as a engineer, um, I know that if you attack something in the design phase, uh, it's much, much cheaper than after it's already deployed. So if we're changing things, let's change things for the better to protect ourselves against this threat. Okay. Now you mentioned that uh, that Obama, the Obama administration was doing some hardening, I guess, regarding a natural EMP. But then you said President Trump just did a an executive order. So, are you encouraged that we're going to get serious about you know attacking this problem? Uh, yes, I am. I, I I'm hopeful at any rate. Uh, there are a lot of detractors out there. There are a lot of people who who think it's going to be too expensive. Um, but I would say, you know, uh, spend one six-month period without electricity and, and see how much you think it's worth. Well, remember when that hurricane hit down in Florida, there was a nursing home that their generator wasn't working. And they, a number of the residents of that nursing home died because they didn't have electricity. And it would be devastating for our country uh, if that happened. So you, you kind of you know, went, went across it, and that is the cost. Do you have any ideas how much it would cost 
to uh, to harden the electric grid? Uh, there, there are a lot of different uh, models out there, and like I said, it kind of depends on what you what you define as hardening. To harden the entire grid so that the lights would never dim would be quite expensive. Uh, but maybe we we harden it in such a way that you know. Uh, 90% of the people are going to be without power for less than a week. Yeah, people could probably pretty well live through that. Right. And let's, let's say somebody, though, that has, uh, you know, a medical condition that they would need to have, you know, medicine refrigerated. So how, how would you address that? Well, that, you know, the individual needs to think about themselves first, obviously. Okay. Uh, then think about their community. Themselves, their family, and then their community. Uh, the uh, uh, but uh, most hospitals, for example, are set up to last for like nine days without power. Okay. Today, I'd I'd suggest that we start by lengthening that, making it longer, and, and making those uh, facilities more resilient. And then everybody else um, to be without power for a week would be highly inconvenient. Uh, but I think most people would live through that, don't you? Yes. The, I mean, we we do it quite often now in the uh, areas where I live. I live up in the mountains here in Colorado, and so, you know, we, we often have power outages. Usually they're pretty short. I've been amazed at how short. Um, but uh, the uh, we've had, had them out for about a week. Uh, that's hard, but it's doable. Uh, the... Uh, 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 so and actually, I'm thinking it might actually do us some good here in America to maybe take a day or two without electricity. And we've realized how lucky we are to live here in this United States of America. Maybe we should do that for just a day or something. I've, I've had some people suggest that, uh, that try living without electricity for uh, a few days. Just, just see what it's like. Uh, I know at my house, uh, I have water coming out of spring in the mountainside there, but... I, it pumps using electricity. Um, <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> so, so even getting it to the house would be a difficult chore, yeah. uh, the, uh, especially in the wintertime. Especially um, in the wintertime. So be prepared yourself. Um, be prepared. I would say everybody should be prepared for some period of time. I'm not sure that everybody should be prepared for six months to a year. Uh, but if we were, that would certainly take the threat away. Mm-hmm. But that's not going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen when people live in these little teeny tiny apartments that they're trying to push everybody into. There's no <laughs> way you can have enough stuff. So, hey, Dwight Eckert, we have just a couple of minutes. What is the final thoughts that you'd like to leave with our listeners today? Well, so join us on the, at the MP Task Force. You can find our website at www.emptaskforce, one word, dot U.S., um, help us and Dr. Peter Pry uh, do things to help harden the grid. Uh, talk to your local communities. Find out how uh, they're set up for a long-term uh, power outage at your emergency responders areas. Uh, talk to your congressmen. Uh, talk to your senators. Let them know that you're interested. Uh, I've found that our political leaders are pretty decent followers. If they know the voters are interested in something, then they're interested in it. But if the voters aren't interested, they they don't have much interest. So let them know you are interested. Uh, Contact me um, at uh, 
uh, at my email account, uh, Dwight, the D-W-I-G-H-T dot L dot Eckert, E-C-K-E-R-T, at gmail.com. And I'll get you tied in with what we're doing here in the state of Colorado and what's going on with the Secure the Grid Coalition, which is part of Frank Gaffney's organization, Center for Security Policies, and the InfraGuard uh, EMP uh, Special Interest Group, which is now called uh, something different, Uh, the National Disaster Resiliency Council. (laughs) Okay, got that. So, again, if you want more information on this, you can email Dwight at Dwight, that's D-W-I-G-H-T, dot l dot eckert e c k e r t at gmail dot com uh it's something that is really important it is under the radar but thank you dwight eckert for serving as the director of for the state of colorado for the emp task force uh and just really greatly appreciate that